All gas, no brake. Waggy sauce, Gardner. Um, I mean, that boy's a dog, man. And, uh, that boy a dog, for real. Listen, thank you. We're all taking receipts on all the people who continually mock and, and say that we ain't going to do anything. I'm taking receipts. And I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of y'all when it's all said and done. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jets Way Podcast. Jake and Lorenzo, bro. Super Bowl's uh, around the corner. Our team not playing in it per usual. Hopefully that changes sometime in this life of ours, but here we are. Here we are indeed. Another uh another playoff run without the Jets being involved somehow, some way. But uh we made some news thus far in the you know in the hiring cycle and obviously uh there there's been some head coaching chain there were some changes today as well. So um that was pretty interesting. But you know I'm glad to get this off season up and up and running. Um ready to see some changes on this team and, and yeah. And if you're new around here and you're fairly new and did not see any of the podcasts or listen to any of the podcasts from last week, check them out. We had on uh, Cody Rourke of the uh, Mile High Sports, and he did a great job of highlighting and reporting on Nathaniel Hackett's time in Denver on what really went wrong, the new Jets offensive coordinator. If you have not, go check out that podcast. I highly recommend it, especially if you're unfamiliar with Nathaniel Hackett's work. And tonight... We are being joined by Packers beat writer for CBS Sports, Zach Jacobson. We will discuss Nathaniel Hackett. We will discuss Aaron Rodgers, the compensation it can it will take to get Aaron Rodgers if he becomes available, if Aaron Rodgers is playing, everything, all the burning questions we have, we will do our best to get them answered. And hopefully it uh it ends up with number 12 ending up in New York. That's all I gotta say. Go get him. Yeah, that's that's the ultimate goal to get uh Mr. you know, Mr. Rogers to to come on over. Um obviously he's kind of breaking his own news at this point in his um professional career, you know, obviously going to the Pat uh, McAfee show and things like that, but um it seems like he's you know, they're they're him and the Packers are still deciding on, you know, the next steps and, and what that's going to be and what that's going to look like. So, um you know, hopefully he decides to, you know, you know, switch teams and the Packers are also on that same page and he can come on over. And to be honest with you, it feels like somebody might have told him, hey, just please do not disrupt the flow of the Super Bowl. I think he was saying that on the McAfee show where he was like, oh, well, it's not about me this week. It's about the Super Bowl because I don't think the NFL is too crazy about other storylines taking taking up the airtime and the conversations that should be dedicated towards the biggest game of the year especially when the NFL always likes to be the number one talking point of conversation amongst all the sports networks where an Aaron Rodgers story could come during some quiet time after all the games are played. So it's all business at the end of the day. The biggest uh, waste of $30 million, I say, or whatever he makes nowadays is Roger Goodell. He is just brutal. But this Rodgers thing, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It just feels like all the dots are going to connect at some point. And hopefully it ends up with him being in New York. But it's starting to really feel like for me, anything short of Aaron Rodgers is going to be pretty underwhelming. And I know we talked about Derek Carr last week also uh, with Ryan Sakamoto, uh, Raiders beat writer. But I don't know. Uh, it just feels like Rodgers are bust for me, especially when you lo- when you watch Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, 
And now we have Sean Payton coming to the AFC, Justin Herbert's in the AFC, Josh Allen's in our division, Bill Belichick's in our division. Feels like we need a real... I want to go into battle with a submachine gun, if that makes sense. I'm not going to a fight with a freaking uh, plastic knife here. Not, not No disrespect to Derek Carr, but I want to go in with a machine gun to battle. And that's Aaron Rodgers to me. Yeah, I mean, listen, you you said it perfectly. I think, um, Jet fans, we deserve having that confidence in our quarterback. You know, it's it's we really haven't had that in our in our fandom and in our and, and honestly the Jets' career. Um, so it seems like that's what the Jets are going all in on. Um, is is Aaron Rodgers? There's there's been a lot of lot of rumors this off season, and honestly, really the past past two weeks, it's been it's been kind of crazy. But um, it seems like the Jets really know who they want and who and that's who they're gonna go after. Um, it's, it seemed pretty interesting that Aaron Rodgers might get traded before the Derek, Derek Carr situation gets resolved, which, you know, I, I wouldn't have predicted once the off season started, but, um, no, I, I think, listen, it's, it's, it, it seems like it's happening. Obviously, you know, we're, we're knocking on wood here on our side, but, um, uh, just with the Nathaniel Hackett signing and, and the Jets going in that direction, um, it, it just seems to me that Woody Johnson knows what he wants and he's going to do whatever it takes, um, to get him. Yeah, you know, man, I think I would have agreed with you last week, but just by thinking back to previous years and whatnot with these quarterbacks, I'm not too surprised by Rodgers possibly going first because I think teams would like to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers, and this kind of hurts Derek Carr's market where, okay, we don't want to go get Derek Carr because we may have a shot at Aaron Rodgers shortly after. This isn't Lamar Jackson where he's going to be tagged by the Ravens and this could be a whole offseason saga. And I think ultimately, and by the way, programming alert, speaking of Lamar Jackson, we will have on a Ravens beat reporter uh, later on this week, I think, but believe about Thursday, plan for that. Uh, Bo Smolka from the uh, Press Box Sports, a Ravens beat writer. He will definitely know more about Lamar Jackson and latest with him and the Ravens. So uh, stay tuned for that one. I, it feels like he's going back to the Ravens, but... I, I think Rodgers will be in a similar timeline as Derek Carr, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, it. I think you know, I think you're right because listen, it's it's similar to the NBA when when that top guy is available or, or could be available. Pretty much all thirty teams are going to KD this summer are, are going to be going after him and, and kind of pausing their other offseason talks um, to try to go get him or see if they can get him. So that that makes sense um, from that standpoint. Um, you know, what did you think? And this is kind of off track here, but what did you think of the 49ers? Um, Brock Purdy being injured for six months and Tom Jimmy Brady. G- Tom Brady, okay. Tom I, Brady. Because they're they're in a tough spot because you know, obviously Brock Purdy is, is six months re- recovery. You know, they still have Trey Lance, um, who who they selected third third overall after Zach Wilson, um, as well as having Jimmy G. So forget Lance. It's 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 gonna be inter- an interesting offseason for the for the quarterback carousel. On the Niners, I think they will go with Brady because Brady won't cost a lot against the salary cap. You know, Brady's always taking pay cuts to have a shot to win a Super Bowl. He's always wanted to play for the Niners. The Niners need to win now. It's The time is now for Kyle Shanahan. He has to win a Super Bowl. He's been the runner-up. He's just been a participant for however long now. Uh, With that good of a roster, you have to win. To me, it's Tom Brady. You get Brady, you let Purdy sit behind Brady, let Purdy uh, get another year of learning. Coming back now from Tommy John surgery, it's a very good situation. I think that Aaron Rodgers will be traded to the AFC if he's moved. Um, and I think he also makes too much money for the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not sure about Derek. Derek Carr makes some sense 
for the Niners. So I'm going to be completely honest with you. But how much better does Derek Carr really make the Niners than, let's say, like Jimmy Garoppolo? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a very, it's kind of like a lateral move where if you go get Tom Brady, now we're talking. To me, Brady's the perfect guy for the Niners. Um, and Brady was never coming to the Jets either. We're not even going to waste our time with any Bucks or pay. Brady's not coming to the Jets. <laughs> I think it's going to be Niners or Raiders. I don't think he's going back to the Bucks because why would you want to be 45 years old? Or would it be 46 next year? Yeah. I mean, but why would you want to play for Todd Bowles? I mean, come on. Tom Brady's not doing that. I mean, Todd Bowles is a terrible coach. The sooner people get that in their skulls, I don't even know. They got to get it somewhere that Todd Bowles is not an NFL head coach. So um, I think that'll be a domino that – and I don't think that – and the Raiders might be a threat for Aaron Rodgers, but let's be honest here. Mark Davis is – uh, struggling financially, does he really have a $60 million check just laying around where he can just say, hey, here you go, Aaron Rodgers? I think Brady makes sense for him because he doesn't make a ton of money up front, and maybe Garoppolo makes sense too. Who knows what he will be commanding? Maybe that could be money down the road, um, and you could reunite Jimmy Garoppolo with uh, Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. So I almost said Oakland, but they'll always be <laughs> Oakland to me. I'm I'm I miss those Oakland Raider days. There was a it was a classic team. Um, but anyways, no, I I think the 49ers make sense for Brady. Listen, that roster is pretty much stacked. Um, it's an unfortunate what happened to them in the playoffs. You know, having two <laughs> injured quarterbacks. Yeah, um, it, it's it's. I mean, listen, they they are, they're always in the playoffs. They're always deep in the playoff runs. But you know, in the past couple of years, they've been a team where they just couldn't get over that hump. Um, so yeah, Tom Brady makes sense, and obviously Brock Purdy. You know, he showed a lot, and he can learn from Brady as well. So. Um, you know, six month recovery time is, is no is no joke though. And it was funny what you said, how it's kind of like the NBA where the big player holds up everything. I think back to the summer with Gady. Remember Patrick Beverly when he was like, Oh, he held up the whole league and he was whining, and Gady's like, Well, I'm that good. Well, <laughs> get over it. And I Patrick Beverly. <laughs> we were talking about it over the weekend, the playing game where he's up on the scores. Yeah. That'll be that's going to be like us when we win the uh, in the wild card game. You're going to see t- dudes in the stands. You're going to see people waving the jerseys around. That, that might even be me myself. If the Jets make the playoffs, I'll be uh, on the couch in the wild card. <laughs> if they make the playoffs, we got about winning a playoff game, maybe even a winning record at this rate. Yeah. That's out. You know, we, we were on the edge of our seats acting like that when we had a fourth string quarterback in throwing underdrawn yeah. passes. Oh, my God. Patrick Beverly. By the side note, I watched the game last night. He complains about every freaking call. I mean, this guy was doing that at a play-in game, and uh, <laughs> that that's his mo. That's his mo. But uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. With the hire of Nathaniel Hackett, though, I think that it's it's interesting. I can't judge the hire quite yet, as we said last week. But it's really crazy how it's either we get somebody like Aaron Rodgers or anybody besides that, this is a horrific hire. We can't get Aaron Rodgers. Like, I can't make that abundantly clear. This man led the worst offense in the NFL last year. The worst. 16.5 points per game. That is brutal. We interviewed all these candidates, and you're telling me this is the best guy we could find? If we, There has to be something behind this hire. There has to be. So we willingly hired a guy without any assurances from an Aaron Rodgers that he's coming here and we hired that guy. Oh man, we're, we're doomed. I don't care who we bring in Derek Carr, Jimmy uh, drafting a quarterback, which is probably definitely out the window. Now it needs to be Aaron Rodgers to make this hire work. Otherwise this is a failed hire. Can we agree there? Yeah. It, it'll be a tough selling point to, 
not very gay but, <laughs> but, but Gase is definitely a different personality because last week, I mean, talking to Cody, it seemed like, and this is what Aaron Rodgers says too, that Nathaniel Hackett is not going to just divide a room. You know what I'm saying? Like he'll be a calming presence, but you know, some of the stuff we hear, like some of the stuff we heard last week, it was very alarming. I must say. Yeah. I mean, listen, that, that Broncos offense last year was not great. Um, especially coming in with, with their expectations of, you know, changing that franchise around with Russell Wilson. But um, yeah, man, it, it'll be, the, it'll be a tough selling point to sell that offense. Um, if there's no Aaron Rodgers, you know, kind of in, in that coming, coming in that package, but um, yeah, man, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what Denver looks like this year. You know, they obviously just got Sean Payton as their coach, you know, we'll see if it was a Nathaniel Hackett situation or, you know, if it was just Russell Wilson, um, you know, not being as good as everyone thinks. That stuff, man, about not of just throwing out the the playbook after yeah. what was it like a week where they practice something all summer? Then, oh my god, yeah. like that's something that would happen. That was like Adam Gase. I mean, they they never had. We say no identity, no this. I'm like, wow, that sounds like the Jets for the better <laughs> portion of my life. Definitely alarming. Um, it, yeah, it, it really is, and I and also it should be noted that the uh, the Jets are looking still for the senior consultant. We need who knows, a good one. Who knows who that's going to be and, and what that uh what that hiring process looks like for them. And also, I'm not sure if you saw, but over the weekend, um, in terms of Keith Carter, I don't know if you saw this that uh, where he was on, but uh, Taylor Lewan, the I believe it's left tackle for the Titans, left or right tackle, he was on and he was basically saying how this guy Keith Carter is very intense, very I- demanding. Never really gave out good jobs to people, and he thought he was a good guy at the end of the day. Didn't really have the best recommendation for this guy. And Titan fans all over the place are, like, throwing a freaking parade that this guy's out of time, uh, out of town. It's just, I'm a little, really, man, like, we we are in, like, these hires need to be nailed badly, if that makes sense. So. Um, what do you, what do you think about that? That whole, uh, I don't know if you saw that with Luan, but I saw, I saw his eyebrow. I saw, uh, Luan did, or like there was an article about that. I read, I can't forget where I read it, but essentially Taylor Luan said that like, you know, guys were the older guys at least were getting either hurt in practice or they were just having those dog days where he's just not letting up. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of concerned me a little bit, but you know, maybe, maybe the jets need a, a coach like that. Um, especially with our offensive line, we have some really talented guys. Um, obviously, Makai Becton is someone that comes to mind as well. You know, how is he going to mesh with this offensive, uh, you know, um, offensive line coach and, and running, running coordinator? So I, I'm a little concerned, but I, it's not too too much. It's not too big of a deal for me because, you know, that's kind of what coaching is in the NFL. You have those guys who are like super player friendly, and you just have those guys where you know they want things done their way and and, and done the right way. So, um, I, I'm it's not too big a deal for me. Yeah, you know, man, it seems like a good little match between him and Hackett because you have Hackett, who's kind of the good cop, and then you have this guy that's probably like the drill sergeant. Again, I'm not opposed to coaches that are demanding because we have a a head coach that, you know, seems like he's everybody's best friend. And we saw how this worked with Todd Bowles, where he was just too nice of a guy. Uh, I'm a big believer in you set forth a plan. Players will follow you. Coaches need to be coached. They have their friends on in the locker room, other assistants. So uh, that that's not a concern for me. It's just something where we need to see the games.
Yep, and I and listen, he was he was there for four years, I believe. So he he, he must not have been doing a too terrible of a job to be there, you know, for four years. And you know, listen, they had a, a pretty good running game there in Tennessee. Um, you know, obviously Derrick Henry helps that, but um, it seems like he's a a pretty solid coach overall, and um, obviously has that um history with Salah as well. So, um, yeah, man, let, let's let's see how it all unfolds. And I'm I'm definitely excited. And we're now being joined by Zachary Jacobson from CBS Sports, covers the Packers. Zach, how you doing? Good, good. How are you guys? Good. Doing well. Good. Let's just start it off first with not talking about that number 12, and we're not talking about Joe Willie. <laughs> but uh, talking about Nathaniel Hackett, the new Jets offensive coordinator, take us through his time in Green Bay. Where did he really excel? How involved really was he in this offense with Matt LaFleur calling the plays? And also, what was his relationship like with uh, Aaron Rodgers was he really that close with Aaron or was it really just real and today on the McAfee show Rodgers was going on about how much he loves Nathaniel Hackett was it overblown a little bit by the media take us through that whole uh what was it three years three years three years yeah so I mean you look at 2019 when he first got there as the offensive coordinator uh that whole year I feel like was more of a transition year because it was the first year under Matt LaFleur first time in Aaron Rodgers uh starting career that he was working with somebody other than Mike McCarthy uh so I I view it as a little bit of a transition year I can't put too much stock into like the performance of the offense in that year in particular but 2020 and 2021 they kind of really found their stride and a big part of that is of course yeah Matt Matt LaFleur's scheme is is you know it comes from that Shanahan tree and runs like a similar kind of scheme, like what they do in Los Angeles. Um, but a lot of that was also Nathaniel Hackett's kind of planning in terms of whenever they got inside the 20, they, they stole the whole, the, the, um, from Austin powers gold member, they called the red zone, the gold zone instead as a way to kind of like instill a different belief in the players every time they get down there. And, you know, like, like pay dirt is just yards away and, and it, it helped. You know, it helped kind of steer that offense. And 2020 was, I think that was the year that really sold other teams to Nathaniel Hackett. He stuck around for 2021, but they kind of took a step back in terms of their performance in the red zone. Uh, I think they were just north of uh, 53% conversion rate at that point. But uh, in terms of how he was viewed in the locker room by, by teammates, by coaches, his fellow coaches, uh, I mean, he was revered. Like they all respected him. They, they, you can tell there was a very, very high sense of appreciation from the players and from his fellow coaches just by, just by the way they talked about him. And, you know, like you mentioned, Rogers today on the McAfee show, speaking highly once again of Daniel Hackett, how much he loves him and how, you know, how, how important he is. I don't think you can really overstate how pivotal Nathaniel Hackett was in the Packers having three consecutive 13 win seasons and getting into the playoffs all those years. But, you know, of course you, you take that with a grain of salt because when you're working with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who has seen just about everything and done just about everything, he is kind of at the control center of the offense. And, and, you know, when you've been around for as long as he has, you kind of earned that luxury where it's like, you can, you can steer the ship. You, you're the quarterback, you're under center. You see what is being presented in front of you. You have the luxury of changing whatever the play is, whatever the call is. Uh, so a lot of that on-field success, I mean, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett plays played a hand in it, but you know, a lot of that is also the expertise of Aaron Rodgers and what you know his level of knowledge and his level of understanding of how the offense needs to be executed, 
how things need to be kind of tweaked and adjusted at the very last second. So, you know, yeah, he he is he's fit as an offensive coordinator, I should say. I think he's one of those coaches where it's like maybe being a head coach is a little too far out of his comfort zone, out, out of his uh, his realm where he should be. But as an offensive coordinator, as a guy kind of like, you know, leading the charge on offense, I think that's right up his alley. So I think he's in a good spot with the Jets. And a, a, a big thing with Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay, he loved that two-back system. He loved being able to use Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams before A.J. Dillon came along and you know they, they began uh, giving him Jamal Williams reps. But that two-back system, that West Coast style of offense, the zone reads, that is a staple, I think, of how Nathaniel Hackett wants to run his offense. And the Jets are a, a perfect kind of landing spot for him in terms of that because you have Brees Hall coming off of his ACL. You have Michael Carter who has shown that he's a very capable third down receiving back. So I think that alone with the running game, Nathaniel Hackett is going to do wonders with that. And what were uh, the other questions? I know you had like three, I think. Uh, so we have, uh, I, I that... feel like, I feel like I touched on everything, but I'm also not totally sure. No, um, no, that you touched on pretty much everything there. Uh, so it was just the relationship between him and Aaron. Was it really overblown or were they really that close where he would make his decision to come to the Jets because they have Nathaniel Hackett? I think as far I mean, sports Twitter, NFL Twitter, they want to believe that they want to think like, you know, like this is the kind of this is the Denver situation where like they bring Nathaniel Hackett. That's going to lure Aaron Rodgers over. And it obviously didn't work out that way. I don't think they were so close to the point where like Rodgers is going to kind of follow him wherever he goes. He he loves Nathaniel Hackett. He respects him so much as a coach and as a man. So if he was to leave, I think the Jets would be like a you know the number one candidate in terms of his landing spots. Just you know, it helps that Nathaniel Hackett is there. I I, I will say that. I, I will say that he has that connection there already. But you know, would it be enough to you know sway him to leave Green Bay? That I'm not so sure about. Uh, I. I personally have a hard time believing that he's leaving at all. I, I, from an organizational standpoint, like if, if I was at the helm, thank God I'm not. If I was running that team, I would like take advantage of this because this is like his value right now is probably as, as high as it's going to be for the rest of his career. However long that's going to be, you know, it's not as high as it was when he was coming off his second consecutive MVP, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. He's 39. He, you know, last year was a little, little, bit of a struggle. I know we're going to talk about that soon, but you know, he's still Aaron Rodgers and desperate teams will do desperate things. I mean, you you saw you saw what the Broncos did today. They sent a first and a second for Sean Payton for a coach with one Super Bowl ring. So, teams are going to do what they have to do if they think it's going to get them over the hump. And if they think they're close, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers is is that last piece and they're going to go after him. Compensation is right, then, you know, It'll it'll happen, but Aaron Rodgers has to be able to agree to a trade before that can happen. You know they're not going to do it against his will. I think him being so close to Nathaniel Hackett or as close as they are, I think he would probably prefer to go there. And th- and that's that's some great you know just background and and kind of and I appreciate you touching on Nathaniel Hackett and Jamal Williams. I'm not sure if you saw, but I think Jamal Williams said that he believes. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers is coming to the Jets ne- next year. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but it seems like Aaron Rodgers is pretty much there's always rumors surrounding him. There's been rumors for the past couple years about, you know, whether he likes being in Green Bay, whether he's going to stay there his entire career. Um, why would this year be the year that he finally gets traded? Like what's what how, how, how do you think that that all unfolds? I think the timing is right just in terms of contract. I mean, George, contract. That's like, that's the big one. It kind of coincides with, you know, like, okay, Jordan Love has been sitting for three years. They have to figure out, do we want to pick up his option on May 1st? And, and that will be indicative of how they feel about Jordan Love, whether he's their long-term future or if they don't pick up the option, then, you know, they're going to give him the uh, 2023, whether he's a starter or he's the backup to Rogers. And they're going to, evaluate that in uh next spring but the contract is the big one um i've tried my best to understand it it's such a complex contract just just the way they did it because aaron Rodgers views it as like a year-to-year kind of deal where a season is going to end he's going to evaluate how he feels uh, whether or not he wants to continue playing whether he wants to come back that's how he, that's that's his perception of the contract now from my understanding the start of the new league year, between the start of the new league year and the first day of the regular season in 2023, there is a $58.3 million option that a team can pick up. And that will bring his cap number for next season to about, I think, $31.6 million. So that's what he would be on the books for, for the salary cap. Um, so I think somewhere in that window is probably when the Packers are going to find a trade partner. He wanted to make the decision uh, whether or not he, he returns or, or whatever he's going to do. He wanted to do that before free agency. And as as you guys know, free agency starts at the start of the new league year, right around that middle March time frame. So it's going to get a little it's going to it's going to heat up around that time. Now, he's going to he apparently is going to know whether he wants to play or leave not long after the Super Bowl, at least judging off of his his comments on McAfee. So. You know, the the biggest reason why it feels like there's, there's more validity to him potentially moving on this uh this offseason is, yeah, like you mentioned, the contract. And also the time is ticking with, with Jordan Love. He's not going to go into, you know, a fourth season as a backup. There's no way. That was actually part of my next question. And also, I mean, $60 million. Zach, is somebody saying to you, here's $60 million and was it 150 over the next three years? You're probably going to stick around for a little bit more of that that's just how i think <laughs> yeah he 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 tried to pull the whole like oh money is an energy and i'm thankful for yeah, the generational wealth the packers have given me yeah give me a break <laughs> if that was the case Devonte adams would still be playing for the packers and not with uh Derek carr and the Raiders, yeah. or no longer Derek carr but jordan love <laughs> interesting because now he's going into year four how has jordan love really developed and this is also a guy that nathaniel hackett was there for his rookie year if rogers is back with the packers how about, and as a Jet fan, I don't know how I'd feel about this, but how about Jordan Love to the Jets, and would Jordan Love be traded as a result? And that's really kind of a, a waste of a first-round pick. That's an organizational failure right there. You think the Packers would really bite the bullet on Jordan Love and not even see what he has when their quarterback is 39? And let's face it, are the Packers really a Super Bowl contending team with the roster they have now? Probably not, right? See, that's that's the million-dollar question. You know, I mean, when, when they drafted Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers was dealing with some kind of injury in five of the previous seven seasons. He was kind of underwhelming in 2019. So I get like the method to their madness and why they actively moved up for a guy that they were clearly enamored with. You know, they they 
forgive me for this, but they loved love. And they wanted they wanted to trade up for him, so they did. And you know, it kind of gave Aaron Rodgers his first kind of real competent backup, you know, in, in, in a long time. So I think their thinking was like, okay, we're gonna solidify the backup quarterback position to you know, behind a guy that has been dealing with some injuries. He might be on the decline. I mean, nobody saw back-to-back MVPs coming. Nobody. Um, and at the same time, maybe he develops and becomes our future starter, you know? So I think that maybe came back to bite them in the ass a little bit, but they still have a little, you know, that flexibility with Jordan Love in terms of his option. Uh, they have him no matter what happens, he's under contract for next season. So they have like a little bit more time to make a decision there. But you know, it, it, as far as like how he's developed, I mean, when he came in in the fourth quarter against the Eagles back in November, November twenty seventh, he looked like a completely different quarterback than when he arrived. And I mean, his footwork was improved. His understanding of the offense in terms of like how to hit the open guy, you know, rather than, you know, people have gotten used to Aaron Rodgers kind of playing hero ball. I think Hackett was more specifically exclusive to Rodgers and the rest of the offense. I don't think he ever had like a ton of hands-on work with 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 Jordan Love, unlike Luke Getze, the quarterback coach who now is in Chicago. Um, I think... In 2022, the past year, I think Tom Clements has had more of an impact on Jordan Love than Nathaniel Hackett did. And that's just in this past year. You know, Tom Clements was a big, he was an instrumental part in Aaron Rodgers' development early on as the team's uh, quarterback's coach. So, you know, that's not an indictment of Hackett. I just don't think he really had the chance to leave much of an imprint on Jordan Love. Got it. So it, see, it seems like the Packers, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is traded that, Jordan Love is probably going to be their guy. I don't it doesn't seem like there'd be a scenario where they're drafting a quarterback this year. You know, obviously next year that's a, a different question, but um for you, what what is the ideal compensation for Aaron Rodgers to get traded if if they decide that's what they're gonna do? Um obviously we saw, you know, Sean Payton go for a first round pick um just today. Is is there a situation where Aaron Rodgers is going for two first, or is it more you know, just take on the contract and, you know, give us a couple of day two, day three picks. You know, I I think that I don't think they let Aaron Rodgers go if they don't get back at least a first round pick and a player at the very least, like like minimum. Like this is a guy that literally just over a year ago was coming off of an MVP season, you know, his second consecutive MVP season. So you know, I think teams aren't going to look at last season where a million factors kind of played into why the Packers struggled the way they did and why he specifically struggled the way they did or the way he did. Uh, and I think, yeah, yeah, I think at the very least they're going to get a first round pick back. You know, I, I can't imagine this is like the Brett Favre trade where they got like a conditional mid round pick in, in, in exchange for for Favre. You know, at that point, they had already decided, like, you know, we're going to move forward with Rodgers. Favre had retired. He came back total sticky situation this is a little different where it feels like there's going to be if there is a parting of ways it's going to be amicable it's going to be a very kind of like just mutual okay you know i love you guys i appreciate my career we love you we appreciate everything you've done here but you know it's time to go separate ways it's time to to break this thing apart we're going to get back what, what we you know what we can but it's going to be i don't want to say it's going to be a haul but they they got to get something good i i can't imagine they let him go for for you know Jump change. Thirteenth overall pick in Corey Davis sounds good to me as a Jet fan. <laughs> just, just throw, saying. Uh, Packers throw, need a receiver. In, 
Throw in Quinn and Williams, then I'll then I'll, then I'll listen. <laughs> no, maybe a year ago you would have had a deal. Not 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 now. The yesterday's price isn't today's price. I'm just just getting back to Aaron and where it all went wrong. How much of it do you put on the thumb? The age, the I mean, Nathaniel Hackett was gone, and Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. What what really contributed to the? Let's just call it how it is. The regression. He didn't even he did not even have a 300 yard passing game last year. I think you kind of hit on it. I mean, it was a number of different things. You know, it was it was the thumb. But the thing is, like people point immediately to the thumb, but I mean, he wasn't he didn't look that great before the thumb injury. Like he looked he looked very underwhelming or I should say average. That was his that was his 2022 season. It was average. But there were a lot of factors that played into it. It was the thumb. He had a, a rib injury against the Eagles. He had a minor knee injury in Miami against the Dolphins. You know, and then you throw in this this foreign cast of wide receivers where rookies are playing extensive snaps. Christian Watson's in and out of the lineup for the first half of the season. Romeo Dobbs misses a month with a, a high ankle sprain that he suffered against the Lions. And then, you know, losing Luke Getze and losing Nathaniel Hackett, moving Adam Senevich from the offensive line into the, the offensive room, and, you know, to as a coordinator. Uh, I think some coaches were maybe coaching out of position, and I think a lot of players, especially defensively, were playing out of position. You know, I think it was it was a part of the coaching staff as well. You know, I think... The Packers failed to play complementary football in all three phases last season. Uh, like when one thing was clicking, the other was faltering badly. Like the only time last season that they played complementary football in all three phases was in that Vikings game late in the season. I think it was uh, week seventeen. That was it. That was that was the one time, at least from from what I remember, that really stood out. It was. It was just a very, very inconsistent, sporadic season. And the fact that they managed to turn it around from four and eight and situate them, situate uh, themselves in that, that finale game and potentially win and you're in the playoffs, that was remarkable. And that was kind of un- unforeseen for for a very, very good while, part, part, you know, good portion of the season. So there, um, but yeah, a, a lot of different things played into their struggles and why Aaron Rodgers looked the way, the way he did. You know, I, I, I can't simply say that it's regression. Like he wasn't out there looking like 2015 Peyton Manning. He wasn't out there throwing wounded ducks all over the field with a, you know, with a tear in his foot. It wasn't anything like that. Like he has the strength. He still has the wit. He has the, okay. I say this lightly. He still has the mobility here and there every now and then, you know, there was just a lot of moving parts last season. And I think he didn't really fully trust what was happening in front of him and around him. Uh, now that was that was part of my my next question is um you know obviously Aaron Rodgers had McCarthy in, in his first couple of years and now Lafleur did he trust that coaching staff um because it seems like they they kind of butted heads at times um but it seemed like he didn't really have that trust in not only the coaching staff but the players around him it, can he see himself you know winning winning with this team again. You mean like he didn't trust the coaching staff like last year? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say there's been times where he's been in doubt of like what they're doing on offense, like whatever, you know. He said they need to where... simplify things. I remember that. I think it was after the Jet game where he was like, you know, we got to simplify what we're doing and give other guys a chance. So just from yeah. an outsider's view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said they need to simplify things, and if they don't feel like they have the right guys to run the scheme, then they need to get the right guys or something along the lines. Like, I can't remember the exact quote, but um, he was clearly frustrated. And I think his 
his definition of simplifying things is taking a lot of the motion out of the playbook, out of the structure of their offense. And the pre-snap motion, I mean, that is a big part of Matt LaFleur's offense. That's like a staple of his offense. And for some reason, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really, at least with rookie receivers, he wasn't really a big fan of doing things like that. Like simplifying things, taking taking a step back with some of the rookie players because guys didn't know what they were doing. And that was a problem that they had in training camp as well. Certain guys weren't being able to master, you know, some of the nuances, you know, the very little intricacies of how they practice and how they prepare for games. So um, I think I don't want to put myself in the head of Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, I think they, they personally me, I think they can win with the team they have now. It's, it's just a matter of whether or not he can stay upright and if he can stay healthy and he needs like a big part of the regression last year from the defense guys dropped off guys that they were expecting to play, play big roles took a huge step backwards. Rasul Douglas wasn't playing that well. Devondre Campbell took a step back. Eric Stokes was lost for the season uh, in, the, in that, in that Lions game. The loss was Sean Gary, Adrian Amos, who their most, their most consistent safety. He did not. He he was like probably the worst defender on the team in terms of passer rating allowed. Um, so a lot of guys that they're expecting to play big roles took a major step backwards, and I think that was just a big part of like, like so many of, so many of the problems they had last year were kind of like exposed. Whereas beforehand, the last couple of years, Aaron Rodgers playing the way he was, winning back to back MVPs, and his his cohesion with Devontae Adams, that masked so many problems. And so many deficiencies were kind of swept under the rug because of how well Aaron Rodgers was playing. And now, when you don't have Aaron Rodgers being Superman, everything is kind of coming to the forefront. People see kind of like there's a lot of flaws with this football team, and they need to be rounded out. This roster needs to be rounded out. Now, I think a second year with this same cast kind of playing together and establishing some uh, establishing some chemistry, I I think they can compete. You know, they were right there on the doorstep of making the playoffs. They found their stride once Christian Watson got healthy. Uh, but they undoubtedly need to add a couple pieces. Do you think that Aaron has really worn out people in that building with all the stuff with the COVID stuff from last year? You had the trade request before that. Um, it, do you think that, and even with the young receivers, like I saw Romeo Dobbs come out and say, well, I've never really... Uh, hung out with, I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, oh, I never really hung out with Aaron like that off the field or anything like that. Do you think that the organization is just kind of tired of all that, that they might be looking to kind of just move forward and just get rid of that that headache and knowing or just the uncertainty, knowing if Aaron's in or out? They'll never come out and say it. That's for, that's for damn sure. <laughs> but I think, I, I mean, I think they have to be worn out at this point. I mean, it's it, it's tiring. The same kind of song and dance every offseason. You know, I know they'll they'll be like, "Oh, we love Aaron. All sides are are open. Communication is great." But I know deep down inside, they're just like, "Oh, fuck this guy." <laughs> <laughs> they want to, you know, they want they want to move on. I feel I feel like like the Nets with Kyrie, basically, but they can't. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. Yeah, you know. But <laughs> I think a lot of people, not even just people inside the building, just a lot of fans in general as well. I think they're eager to kind of turn the page and see what this team has in Jordan Love. I think what he did in that Philly game. It was just a quarter. It was just pass, you know, nine pass attempts, but he showed a lot of promise. You know, very, very, very small sample size, and I think that kind of stoked the flames of curiosity with a lot of fans that you know they're ready to kind of just 
okay, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Let's see what this kid can do. Let's let's get let's get something nice in return for Aaron Rodgers, and let's move forward. You know, we've seen this, we've seen this whole you know this whole thing play out before. You know, fifteen years ago. So we know how it ends. Yeah, and and, and you 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 said earlier that essentially it's going to be a little bit after the Super Bowl around March time when this all unfolds. You know, where do you see Aaron Rodgers? Where do you think he prefers to go? Is there a situation where he says, you know, Devontae Adams in in Vegas, you know, I, I would love to go back there. He's a West Coast guy as well. Do you see that as a, as a potential thing moving forward? Or is, is it just a clean slate for Aaron Rodgers and he kind of picks and chooses where he wants to go? I would imagine that the team gives him the the you know, the luxury of choice. You know, I think they would like ask him like, "Hey, you know, like both like like I mentioned earlier, like you know, the both sides are like they're they're fine with each other. You know what I mean? Like there is like a mutual respect on both sides, mutual understanding, completely honest, you know, open and honest, transparent communication. So if they are going to trade him, they'll 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 ask him. Yeah, they'll give him the freedom of choice. Um, you know, it, I would think. That if the 49ers weren't just in such a weird situation at quarterback, I would think that would be the first choice, you know, just mm-hmm. goes back to kind of like Northern California, you know, and I'm just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just really tough to say because, you know, that's like the, the very clear and obvious choice, but obviously they have they invested a lot in Trey Lance. Now Brock Purdy kind of just showed up out of nowhere. Jimmy Garoppolo may or may not be there because they're they're addicted to him for some reason. So maybe they don't even maybe they don't even let him go. Maybe they keep him aboard and he he doesn't hit free agency. I have no idea what's going to happen there. But they have three capable quarterbacks, so it's like it's not feasible at, at all that he goes to San Francisco. But you know, a, a reunion in Las Vegas with the with Devonte Adams that's on the table. Yeah, definitely. I think the Jets is just like the number one spot that he's being linked to purely because of Nathaniel Hackett. Um. And because they have the, you know, they have the capital to to, you know, give up. I don't I don't know when the hell the Raiders have a first round pick next. I I'm not sure if they even have one this year. I could be wrong, but um yeah, I mean I think they'll give them the option to choose. You know, it, that's interesting with the Raiders. We I kind of think Tom Brady's going to the Raiders, but Me too. We'll, we'll see. My last question uh to you is do you think that there is a world where Aaron Rodgers wants to go back to the Packers and the Packers just say, you know what? We don't want you back anymore. We're trading you. Or do you think this is kind of Aaron wants to be here? We're going to roll with Aaron. The latter. I think it's, I don't want to call them cowards, but I feel like he has them kind of in a, He has them by the balls, pretty much. He has the Packers in a situation where it's like, you know, you guys want me? I'm going to come back. Well, I I, I want to be back. You guys are going to let me come back. And he knows that. He knows that's that. probably why they're tired of it, too. <laughs> yeah, they're probably exhausted of like, you know, being kind of puppeteered around. I mean, he Aaron Rodgers is a freaking puppet master and he's just kind of really doing whatever the hell he wants with this organization. So it's like if he wants to come back, then he's going to come back to the Packers. If that's what he wants. Like this all boils down at the end of the day to what he wants. And I know that probably deep down that probably pisses, you know, Packers brass, probably pisses them off a little bit, you know, but they boxed themselves into this corner. You know, they wanted him back with that 3-year, 150 million dollar deal. 
And, you know, I don't blame him. You know, one back-to-back MVPs. But, you know, now they're in a position where it's like he can do whatever the hell they want and they just have to roll with it. Well, Zach, that was a great time. Uh, definitely learned a lot about Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And if we get number 12 here, I, I maybe you can come back. I don't know to take us through that whole thing. But hopefully, uh, if, if God likes the Jets, which in my lifetime and uh, probably yours as well, has not been the case. But maybe in another lifetime, we'll see this team in a Super Bowl. One could only hope. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks, course, I appreciate you guys for having me. I don't know. He, he doesn't think uh, Aaron's going to get traded. I I don't know about that. I was obviously I was he would know more than than us, but maybe I'm in denial. That was tough to hear, man. <laughs> it was tough to hear, but it really. I mean, and also this is a tough. And this is not to get on any reporter, but no one knows what Aaron Rodgers is thinking in his head right now. Also, like, also good point, there's yeah. there's no sourcing with what he's thinking. What he thinks. We're going to find out at the same time as everybody. There's no leaks. And the Packers are kind of putting out a bunch of leaks where, uh, Aaron, it's okay if you want to leave. Like, we're, we're good. You know what I'm saying? That's what it feels. It feels like to me where the Packers are that girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, I digress. <laughs> um, they want to break up with the other party. But they don't want to, and if the other, they don't want to hurt the other party's feelings, or they don't want to hurt the fans. They just don't want to have to go through all that. You know, let's just say, like, you know, you're living with with your significant other. You know, then you got to move all your stuff out. You got to move the new person in. It's a lot of work with a breakup. It, but it, if the other it, person doesn't want to be in the relationship anymore. Oh, it's okay. No, no problem. You know, and and maybe you know you leak it to a couple friends. You see what I'm saying here? That's kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah, it's, it seems like the Packers essentially just don't want to deal with this drama anymore, and, and they kind of want to resolve it because, um, like Zachary said, listen, it's the, the time is ticking for for Jordan Love. You know, is he the answer? Is is somebody else the answer? They, you know, they're they're probably not even sure themselves. But um, what I took from for what Zachary said was that essentially this is what Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers wants to do. Like this is, you know, he has to decide first of all whether he's coming back or maybe retiring i know that's still nah, he, he's not retiring. I, I don't i don't brother, think he's retiring brother, brother. <laughs> i don't think that's i think that's that's bs but anyways like he has to decide essentially what he wants to do and and what he wants to do moving forward so um it's pretty much all up to him that's that's kind of the the big the big thing that i took away one could only hope that he phoned nathaniel hackett and said i'm coming to new york maybe that was agreed on already Maybe that's why Nathaniel Hackett's not with Cliff Kingsbury in Thailand. I don't know. One but can only hope. One can only hope. I'm sure we will we will be discussing Aaron Rodgers again uh, very, very soon. But that'll do it for tonight. This week, we will catch everyone again later on. We'll be talking Lamar Jackson later on the week in this week and uh, getting the latest out in Baltimore as the Jets continue the search for their next veteran quarterback. If you haven't seen any of our past podcasts this offseason, I definitely recommend checking them out, particularly last week says uh, we really get things moving. You know, we got the senior bowl coming up before you know it. It'll be free agency combine the draft, the whole nine yards. It's going to be a whirlwind of emotions with the Jets White podcast this offseason. It's going to be exciting, breaking it all down and bringing you different voices on here to break it all down. And uh, I'm excited for it, bro. And if you're new, Leave us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, follow and subscribe. It goes right to your phone as soon as the podcast is posted. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram 
at Jets Way Podcast. Bro, catch you uh, later on this week. As always, yes, sir. Go, Jets. go Jets.